All right, hello, my name is Cassie Prolongo and I'm a science communicator at the Bay Area Environmental Research Institute. Today I'm interviewing Christina Lim. Christina is an experiment support scientist with the Cell Science Project and the Biospecimen Sharing Program through Paragon Tech and who also works with NASA Ames. Christina is also a very passionate science communicator and has worked in public outreach and education. So hi, Christina. Hello. <laughs> so I'm a little bit curious about the work you do as a scientist. Can you talk a little bit about the Cell Science Project and also the biospecimen sharing programs? Sure, uh, definitely. So I work on um, two of these projects, Cell Science Project and also the uh, biospecimen sharing program. Um, they're both actually quite different. Um, so that actually gets, gives me a chance to um, really learn different skills and um, really get to experience, um, you know, different environments uh, working in these uh, labs. Um, so the Cell Science Project is uh, based out of NASA Ames Research Center. Um, we, um, as a project, um, have this piece of hardware. Um, so cell, it's called the Bioculture or Bioculture System, and it was developed um, here at NASA Ames Research Center. And it's a research facility that allows for scientists to carry out uh, long-term um, cell biology studies um, on the International Space Station. And uh, part of my job is to um, support the experiments um, that get conducted on this uh, bioculture system and, um, all the, and support the research that goes on um, for this. Um, for the Biospecimen sharing program um, that actually is um, also um, um, managed out of NASA Ames uh, Research Center. And um, basically, what we do is actually we um, take, um, I guess you say, specimens. So uh, we take biospecimens um, from different experiments and missions that go to um, the International Space Station and the ones that are conducted on the ground. And what we do is we actually take those um, um, biospecimens that aren't being used by the principal investigator. We take those, we're able to um, put it in this um, archive. Um, so it's the NASA Ames Life Sciences Data Archive. And we're able to um, have those biospecimens um, actually available to um, other um, scientists and also um, students and other um, people as well. And so the the point of that and also the um, main objective is we want to maximize the scientific return um, from these biological spaceflight investigation. Um, as you can imagine, it's very expensive to send any type of um, experiment into space. And so we want to maximize that science return. And so when uh, we have the opportunity to um, take these um, biospecimens, we're able to also distribute, redistribute them out to the research community to do other space biology re related research. Mm. That's the gist. That's the gist, I love it. So how did you get involved with this type of, of science work that you're doing now? And did you always know that you wanted to be a scientist when you were growing up? Um, yes, uh, for the most part. Um, I grew up actually in a very engineering heavy um, household. Um, my entire family are engineers. Um, so I knew like science was definitely in, uh, in my interest, but I learned very quickly also that engineering was just not my 
forte. Um, and of course, um, that, um, you know, that didn't necessarily cause problems, but it definitely kind of made me feel like the black sheep of the family. Um, but funny enough, actually, both my parents um, worked at JPL. Um, so NASA runs in my blood. Um, oh. Actually, considering my father um, still works there, um, has worked there for all his, for <laughs> over 30 years now. And um, yeah, from an early age, I was exposed to all things NASA. Um, so I knew that from the start. Um, but when I discovered that, you know, engineering was not my thing, I actually didn't know NASA um, in general and NASA Ames uh, specifically has a um, huge, um, you know, life sciences um, expertise. Um, and so it wasn't until I was looking for a job um, after I graduated from from college to try to find some type of, you know, lab technician job um, to start me off. And I, I ended up actually uh, working for the um, former astronaut, uh, Dr. Millie Hughes-Fulford. And that's where I realized like, oh, you know, NASA does life science type of research. And that was kind of the foot um, that got me into the door um, at NASA. <laughs> I've heard that from so many people that they don't realize that we do life sciences at at, at NASA. So it's always kind of a nice discovery hearing people say, oh, yes, we can be involved with that. <laughs> and yeah, and I think the interesting, yeah, the interesting part is that, um, you know, I had parents that worked at NASA and I still didn't know. Um, so, you know, if you don't know that, you know, don't feel guilty. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. And I still, you know, ended up being able to, you know, work at NASA Ames. Yeah. So how have um, mentors really helped you along in your journey? And would you like to do a shout out to anybody who you've worked with? Um, wow. I think, you know, I've been thoroughly, you know, um, blessed and fortunate to have many um, um, mentors over my, you know, relatively short career so far, you know, relatively young. But I've had many um, scientists uh, reach out to me from college, you know, as an undergrad, you know, learning the ropes to and working in the lab um, to uh, my career, um, you know, with that being, um, you know, actually, now that I think about it, many um, women scientists, um, which I find very um, inspiring. Yeah. 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 So, I'm curious, uh, you know, we're now living in this COVID-based world, uh, which has shifted quite a number of us. I mean, we're talking right now virtually. I would like to be in person interviewing you, um, but that's unfortunate. That's part of the thing now that we have to do. We're in a virtual environment. Uh, how has your work changed now that we're living in this, like I said, a COVID-based world situation? Um, a lot has changed, actually. Um as you mentioned, um, I also do a lot of work in the um, communications arena as well. And um, that, you know, thankful, thankfully uh, with technology, you know, we're able to do that virtually. But there's certain things, you know, like research and like lab work that is nearly impossible um, to do, at least, you know, solely virtually. It has to be done in the lab. Um, so definitely at least in the beginning um the COVID-19 um, pandemic definitely kind of threw a wrench <laughs> in things um while you know we were trying to figure out how to do it but um 
one thing that I, if anything, that I've learned is that scientists, you know, and especially the, I can speak for the scientists at NASA Ames Research Center, you know, are all very resilient. Um, you know, we, we make it work <laughs> uh, no matter what it takes, you know, whether it be, you know, taking shifts, you know, reducing, um, you know, folks who have to be in the lab at the same time, uh, working, you know, maybe a little shifted hours, um, all of that, you know, the things that we can control, you know, and we, we can, um, you know, change, you know, that's what we do. And we change and we still, you know, no matter what, you know, um, get good science out, you know, that, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought up the science communication bit because that's something I, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I know you've been involved with some cool panels and you've done some great outreach and education work. It, it's it's very important and it seems to become, it's becoming rather more increasingly aware that uh, scientists, engineers, academics uh, need to communicate their work more broadly, especially to the public. Uh, so what advice would you like to give the scientists who are maybe curious about science communication, but they're not sure where to start or even uh, if, how to pursue it? Yeah, you bring up a very good point. Um, actually, it's funny because science communication was definitely not um, my area of expertise. Um, that was that was kind of an accident um, that I kind of, you know, fell in love with, you know, communicating science. It was really um, somebody gave me the opportunity um, to to really, I guess, hone my skills and really try it out. And, um, you know, for a piece of advice, I would say it takes practice. Um, it, it's it's a skill like any other, you know, to in order to get you know good at it or proficient at it, you need to practice. And um, I think it, it's intimid it can be intimidating at first um, because you know, as we all are, you know, you, you're not sure, you know, what are other people going to think, you know, what if I say it wrong, you know, whatnot. But as you practice and as you um, you know repeat it. It gets easier and easier. And, you know, no one doubts that the scientists who do the research are the experts in their field. It's there's there's no doubt about that. It's the it's the art of the communicating that needs to practice. And we already know that scientists are you know good at what they do. All they need to do is practice, you know, talking about it. And um, there are, you know, plenty of resources. And, you know, I can speak on behalf of, you know, at NASA Ames Research Center, there's many of us who you know really do enjoy science communication, and we can always be a resource, always be of help, um, even if it's just a practice. Um, but that would be my piece of advice is that, you know, no one's doubting anyone's expertise. It's just, you know, communication just takes practice. And once you practice and once you get a handle on it, you know, all the better. Yeah. And there's so many different forms of science communication, too, um, whether it's being involved with different audiences or doing writing pieces. Um, there's so many different avenues, but I guess from what I'm hearing from you, if you're curious about it and you would like to be more involved with it, you don't need to go. It's good to, to, of course, practice lots, but just jump in, get involved, do what you can. Um, and maybe don't wait, <laughs> don't wait, just, just, just try it out and see, see what things you can be involved with, with your, local places, um, or if you have a communications team that you can reach out to perhaps, and they can help guide you. Definitely. So 
I have a few more questions. Um, the other thing, I, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what, what were some of the challenges that you needed to overcome in your career? Um, and do you really have any advice for some of these early career STEM people who are starting out um, just to watch out for as, as they're going through um, their trials and tribulations to see if they want to become a scientist? Definitely. Um, I, there's, there's a lot, you know, one can say about this. Um, you know, I think right in the beginning, right when I graduated, um, and then part of the challenge that I had was um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, at least not specifically. I knew I wanted to work in some type of research capacity, um, but that was because I had some, like a taste of it um, in my um, undergrad um, years in college. And um, one piece of advice I can give is that, you know, it's okay if you don't know. <laughs> it's okay if you're, you know, um, unsure of what you want to do, but it's just as important to be open then, to be open to, you know, any of the uh, possibilities that might come your way. And I, one, I, I can say for, for example, you know, I, I went to school in Southern California and I've lived there, you know, until then all my life. And I had, every intention to stay down there um but you know had no luck you know no there were no opportunities and um i finally opened up you know to think like maybe the rest of california um just california's a big place you never know and i had one interview only one and it happened to be for that lab with uh, dr millie hughes fulford the um, former nasa astronaut and that opened up doors to so many things, including, you know, being able to work at NASA Ames Research Center, which, you know, I never thought it was possible. Um, for one, being, you know, a um, biologist, <laughs> um, I didn't think that that was possible. Um, but also, I think um, one other aspect that, at least one other challenge that I definitely had was um, just Knowing that, you know, there are so many people at NASA um, who are brilliant, you know, in what they do, um, you know, at NASA, we're fortunate to have, you know, the best of the best, really. And um, I was fortunate enough to have, um, you know, mentors who really helped um, open up the opportunity to work with these folks and also to, you know, remind me especially that you know we all start from somewhere you know and it's important to know that um the work that you do is appreciated and it's um important to the overall you know nasa mission regardless of where you're at whether you're a pi or whether you're a lab tech you know um, or if you're an, even an intern you know that that all is important and I think the advice I would give, you know, at least myself, you know, if I look back, you know, five, six years, I'd say, you know, go for it. Don't be, you know, intimidated, you know, by it. Yes, it's NASA, but, you know, it's such a unique place um, to work. And, you know, no matter what your skill is, no matter, you know, where you fit in, you know, you're important um, to that overall mission. I love it. Put it on a bumper sticker. Sell it. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> what a nice, 
what a nice way to, to sum it up. Um, I think that's fantastic. The only other question I have for you, and it's a bit of a silly one, but I thought it could be a nice way to end this. Do you currently have a favorite quarantine hobby that you're, or skill that you're working on? Oh, wow. I, that, that is a, um, a loaded question in a sense where I think the quarantine has definitely um, uh, required me to broaden my, my skill set. Um, I would say my favorite thing, it was before, but I definitely had the time to kind of hone my skills. And that's just cooking um, in general. I think that that's one thing I love about cooking is that you get, you know, immediate gratification after um, it's done, you know, assuming that it went well. Um, and, you know, for me, cooking is very much like science. You know, it, there's a set of instructions and you execute it. Um, and so it helps me, you know, keep those skills up. And, you know, you get to eat good food afterwards. So that's a, a nice plus. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Christina. It's so nice to chat with you about the research that you're working on and your fantastic science journey. And yeah, I can't wait to talk to you more about the things that you'll be doing in the future. I'm so glad to have you. Thanks. Appreciate it.